Well, what I've got to say um, is ideally placed on the programme to follow right on from what Vivian's been saying. So Vivian's given us an overview of a range of SME countries and how they have been affected by and responded to the global financial crisis. What I'm going to do is focus on one specific case, the French case, and use consideration of the impact of the financial crisis to, to re-evaluate the competing interpretations of what's happening to the French political economy in the wake of liberalisation and globalisation that's been infecting it over the last 20 or 30 years. And what I'm going to argue is that there's a fairly distinctive, what I'm calling post-dirigiste strategy that underpins how the French state in particular is trying to navigate its way through the crisis. And so the paper frames all of this in terms of these various interpretations out there in the literature of what's happened to France since the early 80s, since the critical juncture of 83 that Vivian Schmidt mentioned just now. And there are, I mean, there are many different interpretations, but crudely paraphrasing, I'm going to say there's two dominant interpretations out there. The first one, um, from a variety of cap capitalism enthusiasts, arguing that there can only be two kinds of capitalism, and hitherto France hasn't really fit into either of those two, is to say, well, OK, that's fine, because what's happening to France is, over time, it's approximating, converging upon the liberal market economy model. Um, Peter Hall's even said in a book recently that it's approximating the modalities of British capitalism. So that's one dominant, quite influential interpretation. Peter Hall is one, Pepper, Cold Pepper is another. And what they chart is how the last 25 years or so has seen a, a repudiation of dirigism in France in favour of economic strategies more oriented towards market competition. I think that's probably true to a degree. And that there appears, according to Peter Hall, at least to be a more pronounced market logic to the processes whereby public resources are distributed. So that's one story. The, France, the French economy has been a misfit in VOC terms. It is becoming less so as it approximates the LME end of the spectrum. Um, the second interpretation is almost the direct opposite. It argues that the French economy continues not to fit the LME, CME categories. And in fact, France is a key exponent of a different kind of capitalism, the statist or state-enhanced market economy model. So you've got Vivian's work um, since the 1990s, setting out how the statist nature of French capitalism puts it in a different kind of bracket. You've also got work by people like Jonah Levy on what he calls new state activism and post-dirigism. And in all of those, you've got the key component that makes France somewhat distinctive and, and different from LMEs or indeed CMEs is this role for the state that Vivian's just been telling us about. And broadly speaking, my assessment of how France has navigated the crisis suggests that it's that latter interpretation that convinces a good deal more. And the reason really is that the post-dirigism, if you like, as a term, recognises the fact that the French economy continues to be strongly influenced by its dirigiste history. So it's not the same as the dirigisme of the Trente Glorieuse in the post-war period, but significantly 
more of a role for the state, significantly characterised by those practices of dirigism in the past, which have transformed but have by no means disappeared from the French political economy. Just to give you one example, something that Vivian's 96 book talked about a lot was the Noyau Dura, a set of networks between large dominant French firms, whereby big French firms had shares in each other and sat on each other's boards. And these cohered into sometimes two, sometimes three kind of clouds, if you like, or, or groupings of firms who were all closely interlinked. And the whole of the large-scale French economy was kind of sewn up in two or three quite cliquey networks and groups. Now, what happened in the 1990s? Well, plenty happened in the 1990s to French capitalism, but one interesting thing was that suddenly the nature and the logic of these groups changed. They used to have cross-shareholdings across a whole wide variety of different sectors, including ones not related to their own sphere of economic activity. The configuration of these groups all changed, and by and large, most of them only kept, in, kept holdings with groups who were close to them. At the same time, the state was, was pursuing a privatization strategy, and that reconfigured and changed the kind of cast of characters within each group. What also began to happen is the big French firms pursued aggressive um, mergers and acquisitions strategies, including overseas. They wanted more capital to do that, so they stopped holding capital in each other's firms and just retained board, interlocking board memberships as a way of being the cement of these networks. Now, that gets interpreted different ways. Someone like Pepper Culpepper says, well, this is the decisive end of the old dirigiste um, financial network economy. It's also a view of someone like Francois Morin from the, the French literature. I'm not so sure. What I think ha happened there was that the Noir Dior didn't disappear. They got reconfigured. They got reconfigured for strategic reasons. They got reconfigured on the cheap, freeing up capital for big French firms to go off and buy some bargains in the international M&A market. And what's important in terms of why that ca characterization differs is the key role played by, once again, the French state. Because what enabled that reconfiguration to happen was the French privatization program, but that wasn't anything like, say, the British privatization program. It was a very statist affair, as Vivian's 96 book pointed out with the state in, intimately involved in picking who was going to buy which firm and on what terms, and therefore actively being a kind of puppet master of the reconfiguration of these noyau dur, which form the kind of institutional network cement that binds the French economy together. OK, and the, the basic story is that this is a very complex picture. One of the reasons it's a complex picture is the nature of French state market relations and something that comes up again and again from the work of Jack Hayward back in the 70s uh, to most of the, and Schoenfield before that in the 60s and continues all the way through work on French political economy is the very close interpenetration of public and private elites. And we'll see plenty of examples of that in what I'm going to say a bit later. The other reason it's a complex picture is that liberalisation processes, which have definitely been ongoing within the French economy for the last 25 years, don't exist in a void, but they interact with the pre-existing structures and processes. Things like the financial network economy, these noyau dur, things like state tutelle, as it's called, over the banking sector, whereby basically the banking sector, ever since the Second World War, kind of expects and anticipates a high degree of state intervention, regulation and oversight of what it gets up to. The other reason for the complexity is that what we're, what we're seeing in France is a, is a sectorally differentiated set of 
processes of change and transformation. So what you don't get is the kind of internal homogeneity that varieties of capitalism tends to assume. You've got the French economy and it all works the same way. That isn't the story of what's happening to France in the last 15 years, and it's not the story of what's happening to France in the wake of the crisis either. So one of the things the paper tries to do, I probably won't get a chance to say much about this, is it tries to de determine the, what initial conditions have to exist in X or Y sector for there to be ongoing state, state intervention here, and why is there more of a retreat from the state somewhere else. Because what we see in the transformation of, of the French political economy is a kind of oscillation between the state getting more involved in some areas and getting less involved in others. And the last reason for the complexity is what I've called, well, what um, Chris Howell calls in a 2009 paper the paradox of French state intervention. And that's in terms of interpreting not only the process of transformation, but the implications and the final consequences of transformation, which we can't really assess yet about the response to crisis because it's too soon. But if we look at previous interventions from the French state within restructure, and we've seen in some instances quite dramatic intervention of the French state, but the upshot and the implication of its interventions have been to ultimately reduce the French state capacity to intervene again in the future. So the state at a critical moment intervenes, transforms a sector, a part of the economy. But once it's done that, it's going to find it much more difficult to get involved again, because what it's done in the process is dismantle some of its old de-reduced levers. So all of these are some of the reasons why it's a pretty confusing picture. Uh, this is again a, a thought from the, the Howell paper. But one of the things and one of the ways the French post-Dirigiste state is influential in terms of steering the restructuring of French capitalism is it operates as what he calls a midwife of change. He, and states are kind of uniquely positioned to perform the, these kinds of roles. The state can facilitate and enable the construction of new institutions, new institutions designed to change the way French capitalism works. And there are plenty of instances, which, some of which I'll mention, of the state actively engaging in institutional creation or, or design with a view to trying to change pra practice, change behavior, and kind of embed and institutionalize a new mod modus operandi for parts of the French economy. So the state is, if you like, involved in the process of, of market making. But that begs the question which hopefully the paper begins to offer an answer to, which is, OK, so the, the French state is helping restructure French capitalism, helping remake French markets. But what kind of markets is the French state as midwife assisting in the birth of? And one of the things the paper tries to do is kind of unpack this notion and reconsider this notion of market making. And, and think about how it plays out in different contexts and why it can take different forms in different countries. So there's a very much a French-style response to the crisis that the French state is at the forefront of authoring. And this French style of response is one of the reasons why I don't think the LME convergence thesis of some VOC scholars holds much water in relation to the French economy. And it doesn't work because of if you like, the micro-foundations of that analysis. And Vivian mentioned how rational choice is an important part of the VOC approach to explaining the way the world works. Well, Mary O'Sullivan, a few years ago, in a good piece in Socioeconomic Review, 
talked about why that doesn't necessarily provide the most useful starting point for analysing the way French capitalism is changing. She did this in terms of her terminology, acting out change, i.e. looking at how actors within the French economy, be they state actors, corporate actors, administrative actors at the elite level, how they actually perceive and respond to the way the environment is changing as restructuring and liberalisation and so on goes on. And what she does is similar to what Vivian was just talking about, really. It's the questioning of the rational choice notions, which obviously built on neoclassical economic assumptions, which assume that behaviour operates according to a single unerring logic, which can be read off, if you like, from a set of initial conditions and given incentive structures. What O'Sullivan started, pointed out was that you can't anticipate from a given change in the way French capitalism is organised, that French capitalist elites are going to respond in the way neoclassical economics anticipates they would. Because, if you like, there are different conceptions of things like economic rationality. There is a distinctively French conception of economic rationality. And that's shaped by things like its dirigiste past, by state traditions of political economy, and by decades of lived economic practice within the French economy. So part of the argument here is that what liberalisation means in France and what free competition means in France are different, are distinct from what liberalisation and free competition mean um, when discussed by liberal scholars talking about the LME in VOC literatures. And privatisation is a good example, I've already mentioned it, but think about how privatisation was carried out in France, it was a distinctly statist process and practice. Its rationale was both to orchestrate that reorganisation of the cohering networks at the heart of the French economy, but also to raise revenue so the French extended state could continue to pursue its extended state functions within the French economy. So it's a very, very different rationale. None of the ideological zeal to roll back the state that you saw within British privatisation, for example. That's just one example of how these terms have a different meaning. So that's the basic reason, I think, why I have a problem with the liberal market economy convergence model. Well, I think what's going on in the French state and within French capitalism is a process of market making by state actors. But market making needs to be understood as a differentiated set of processes shaped again by those state traditions of political economy. So the kinds of markets that states make, if you like, can differ and do differ. And they differ largely according to those different political economic traditions. So it is my contention in the paper that you've got a kind of neoliberal market making in Britain, an auto liberal market making in Germany, and a post dirigiste market making in France. Again, rooted in the, the idea that what markets are, what free markets are, what free markets should do, and what free, free competition is all about, is understood differently in the different countries. And I think an example of this is when Sarkozy sought successfully to have the term free competition removed from the preamble to the Lisbon Treaty, because he recognised that the way free competition was understood within the European Commission was a, a very kind of Anglo-Saxon, British, liberal version of what free competition means, and it wasn't one he was signed up to, so he wanted the term removed. The other thing that's definitely happening, and here there's, there's something in what the liberal convergence scholars are saying, particularly Peter Hall talks about the shift from directive to permissive industrial policy. 
according to this market logic, as Hall said before. But again, that begs the question, I think he's right, but what kind of market logic, what kind of market is it that we are witnessing? And the kind of market, to my mind, that we seem to be seeing in France is one where, which attaches very little importance to ideas like level playing fields, which are so central to EC visions of how the liberalised single European market ought to work, and also important to how, say, UK competition authorities see a properly operating market. So in a sense, it's a kind of Listian vision. List, uh, that was in there for Sean Breslin, who's now left, but I know he likes a bit of list, so I shoved a bit of list in for him, really. Um, and it's List's basic insight that markets are never going to be entirely free. They're always going to be skewed and steered in the favour of particular groups by those who make them and remake them and regulate them. And that's something that's keenly appreciated in the French context, it seems to me, in terms of how they make their markets. There are far fewer scruples surrounding trying to secure market structures or institutions or outcomes on terms that are favourable to key French players. And there seems to me to be a great, much, great deal more partiality infused into post reduced market making in France than you would find in neoliberal or ordo-liberal variants. And what emerges from the market making of the financial sector and the banking sector is an oligarchic financial sector dominated by a small number of very powerful players, and those very powerful players have a very close links to the state. That's something that's kind of the, out, the desired outcome of the process, and that wouldn't sit well in certain other contexts. Okay, so turning to the specific, briefly to the specifics of the crisis, the UK is seen as a, as a pace setter of bank rescue plans. It got in first, and pretty much all of the bank rescues that followed emulated in various ways the British variant. And that's certainly true. But there are some interesting differences which are worth saying a little bit about. Firstly, it's the modest scale of the crisis of the, of the bailout in France compared to Britain. So France appears to be on the wrong side of the VOC divide here. It's not being as statist as Britain's being, and that surely doesn't sit right. And it's, that can be explained in terms of the historical characteristics of French capitalism. Firstly, you've got the French banks, who are large. They dominate the market, six of them initially are dominating the market. They, they've got 90% of domestic retail banking sewn up. So it's a large concentrated market. They're also quite diversified. They're not as in hot to the wiles of investment banking as, say, German banks or British banks. They do a bit of investment banking, but they do plenty else besides. So they're not as hard hit by the credit crunch and by the crisis of investment banking. Secondly, household debt in France is comparatively low. So it's not as big a deal for the French economy more widely when there's a real problem with French debt, with debt and credit markets. So that's why the scale, the scale of the response is somewhat is fairly modest. Second thing to say is what kinds of interventions does the bank rescue plan involve? It involves creating some new structures, some new kinds of economic actors, the ones I was talking about earlier in, in questioning Tim. A mutual institution to raise money on the international bond markets guaranteed by the state, but part opened by the state, part owned by the big banks. And that's the means by which the revenue is raised to refuel the French economy. As well as new institutional creation, there's also interesting processes which characterise the distinctiveness of the French approach. Pontouflage, as it's beautifully called in French um, discussions of these things. Pontoufle, if you're not aware, are carpet slippers. And pontouflage is the process whereby, in your, car in your carpet slippers, 
you walk from high office in the French government or French administration to a CEO position in one of the big French banks or other corporations without um, having to be interviewed or anything because it's all done on the old boy network or the, or the old school tie network or the old NR tie network. So that there's a very easy, it comes back to this interpenetration of public and private elites, there's a very easy transition from political elite into becoming part of the banking elite. And so two, of the, two parts of the financial crisis involve restructuring big French banks. There's a merger enforced by the state on two big banks. They become one much bigger, second biggest bank in France. And the person who's appointed to run that bank is Sarkozy's chief economic advisor. And another of his chief economic advisors is appointed to run another restructured bank. And there are also very, very close links between Sarkozy and the, those running BNP, the biggest French bank, which has its own story to tell in terms of how it fared within the crisis. A couple more things to say about the nature of the interventionism of the French banking bailout. This was a very permissive form of interventionism. Again, it doesn't look quite right by kind of traditional du regime standards. There's supposed to be the French state telling all the economic actors what to do. But the French state, in contrast to the British state, takes, doesn't nationalise any banks at all, doesn't take up an active part in determining how banks are run. It takes up only non-voting shares when it pumps capital into the banks. And it imposes virtually no conditions on the banks in, in return for all the money it shoves in. And the other point to make um, is that the key decisions and elements of the banking plan and how much money is, is going to be dispersed and what proportions are going to go where, all of this is ultimately determined by the bankers and then rubber stamped by Sarkozy. So who's wearing the trousers here? Is it the financial elites or is it the state? The other point to make is it's a very selective liberalisation. The way the banking rescue plan operates is consistent with that selective liberalisation. The market conditions and the size of French banks leave them very well placed to succeed in a liberalised condition, well placed to compete partly because they've been much less hard hit than nearly all the other big banks. So part of the process is one of building international champions. The second tranche of funding um, is basically BNP want it to come a bit quicker, so they have a word with Sarkozy. It's accelerated, the money is delivered to BNP, and the next day BNP goes out and buys Fortis, which is one of, these, one of the many troubled financial institutions in Europe at the time. So the money is going directly into enhancing if you like, an aggressive expansion strategy in part of the international champion building strategy of the big banks facilitated by the French state. That's also the story of the state arranging the marriages for other struggling banks. So part of it is, looks quite different and distinct from old school dirigism, but there are some elements like trying to build international tra champions that look extremely familiar. So, after that whistle-stop tour, what are we to conclude? Firstly, the importance of this idea of acting out change. How French economic ideas and French approaches to the economy have left their imprint on the way the market-making interventions were carried out in France. They've imprinted on the way the post regime enacts market-making, if you like, revealing market-making to operate differently in different contexts. They've been shaped by things like the financial network economy. These noyaux duo continue to play a role. They've been shaped by the interpenetration of public and private elites. Second thing to report, 
the French economy got off relatively lightly from the crisis that we've heard, and there was a view that the French state shouldn't waste the good crisis, and it used the opportunity to engage in some slightly unusual practices, helping BNP in its expansion strategy to become an international champion. What it's also demonstrated, though, is the limits of post-reduced state capacity. This was only highly selective interventions. It was particularly able to intervene in banking in a way that it wouldn't have been able to do in various other sectors. And to some extent, it looks a bit like there's a certain state capture by the bank elites of a kind that people like Jack Hayward were talking about in an earlier phase of French capitalism. But it's quite hard to determine exactly who's wearing the trousers. Is it a state strategic manoeuvre? Is it big banks capturing the state to their ends because of this public-private elite interpenetration? But it does look rather like French, the French state helping the big banks to help themselves. And to return lastly to that, French, that paradox of French state intervention, now all those restructurings have taken place, it leaves the French banking sector in a more internationalised position than it was before, with more dominant, shored-up, powerful French banks. And the likelihood that the French state can push them around and tell them what to do is really rather, well, rather unlikely. I'll stop there.